Social media in the classroom typically does not get the best rap. I googled social media teacher and on the first page I found a variety of stories. A middle school teacher getting schooled after she was caught on social media bad-mouthing students. Now some parents are furious. News 5's Derek Waller live in Bedford tonight where this happened. And Derek, this all started on Snapchat. Reaction from Slidell High School parents is serving a lesson to one teacher and to others about what not to post on Facebook. We've gotten emails from viewers upset about a certain message online. Kristen Pierce brings us the story from Slidell. Parents are demanding answers after a Slidell high school teacher makes comments online they call racist. A warning for parents tonight after a study says more than a third of inappropriate interactions between students and teachers begin on social media. Today, a judge found a former death. And unfortunately, these are the stories that end up making the news and not the stories of the ways that social media is impacting teachers and students for the better, which in turn makes a lot of teachers appropriately hesitant about incorporating social media into their classrooms. Teachers are terrified of social media. Schools are terrified of social media. And, you know, part of me thinks rightly so. This is CJ Reynolds, a high school teacher in West Philadelphia. Kids are putting out content that is dangerous for them dangerous for those around them everybody has a phone every fight you know every time there's a fight in the neighborhood near me i see it posted online that is a scary thing and, and when you constantly see in the news like relationships that teachers blur these lines between relationships and students and they're like hooking up with their students or they're going too far or they're texting or they are gaming with their kids and someone records it and the teacher was cursing and they got in trouble i hear that but again, I think it's about going on offense instead of defense. And instead of saying, no, 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 I'm not going there. Realizing that that's where everyone's attention is. Whether you're waiting in line at Walmart to check out, you're on your Instagram feed, you're checking Facebook real quick, you're seeing whose stories are up. That is where everyone's attention is. So why wouldn't you put your attention there, but flip the script and make it something that's empowering, something that is good put good stuff out there about teachers how are you connecting with your students what awesome stuff are you doing in your classroom teachers are being called out on social media constantly for how lazy they are or how they don't put in work i'm not trying to hear that i'm going to show you that teachers aren't doing that and not just me i'm not trying to be dangerous minds over here or freedom writers you know those women didn't even teach for very long they taught like <laughs> two years in in inner city and then they split and wrote a book about it for people that are out there doing it year after year after year, I think they need to make noise on social media and show people that, ah, bro, like we're really out here doing this day in and day out. And like more teachers need to be making noise about stuff like that and talking about the cool stuff that they're doing. Then I think we all win because it juices people up. You get to see people that you're like, yes, man, if you're doing it, that's a great idea. I'm going to steal your idea and I'm going to use it for myself. And then everyone's students are winning. And that I think that's the game. This will be one of a two-part series of teachers that are leveraging social media in the classroom. In this part one episode, I sit down with CJ Reynolds and talk about the impact that his YouTube and Instagram channels have had on the students in his classroom as well as his professional life. And we talk about how other teachers can begin to leverage social media in a positive way in their classrooms. In part two of this episode series, I'm going to be talking to a couple educators that are actually having their own students create social media content in their classrooms as part of the curriculum. Social media isn't going anywhere, and as educators, we have the opportunity to leverage its power to impact our lives and our students' lives, both in and out of the classroom. I'm Tom Gibson, and you're listening to Stories from the Classroom, and today we're talking about how to leverage social media as educators.
name is CJ Reynolds and I teach literature and history of hip hop in West Philadelphia. CJ, you're on social media quite a bit. I am. Can you kind of tell me in what ways you're on social media? So I, a couple of years ago, I started a YouTube channel, mostly because my son uh, wanted to have a YouTube channel. He has high functioning autism. And so he gets super hyper focused on like one thing. And he was like, dad, we need to have a YouTube channel. And so we did. And then that, then you lost interest like children will do. And I thought, well, I just learned all these, how to do all this stuff. So I started a YouTube channel for teachers. I it was, it's basically stuff I wish I knew when I started teaching. And then that sort of morphed into Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat for a while till Kylie Jenner told me that wasn't cool anymore. And then I moved off of that. So, yeah. So what has come of the YouTube channel besides you making a couple teaching tip videos and putting it out there for teachers? What kind of reception has it gotten? How has it grown? How has it benefited you? So YouTube is fascinating to me because I feel like so many kids, like that's what my children are on all the time. My students don't watch television. They watch YouTube. And so when we're trying to get kids' attention even, the idea of like going to where their attention already exists is a win for me. So for me, it was showing kids any number of things. Like, what does it look like to work hard at something? So my students remember when I had five subscribers and one of them was my what my own wife and my kids, right? So like I had real four, four subscribers. <laughs> but then how I've been able to grow that over time. And my channel is by no means like enormous, but... It, I've been able to show like what hard work, consistency, those sort of things that I want my students to strive towards actually look like, like watch me build this thing. And so when I hit a thousand subscribers, I remember we had a party in my classroom. The kids were so stoked. They were like watching the sub count to wait till it clicked over. And then when we hit 10,000, I made my own play button for my room out of plywood and a tin can. And that was like a really big deal to them also. So it's been fun to watch that. And so out of that, we've also been able to start to change the narrative, I think, of like what people think of when they think of inner city youth. So my students, there's, you know, like anyone, I'm sure you deal with, you know, kids from Austin. I don't know if people think everyone's walking around with a cowboy hat on and boots, and maybe some dudes are, maybe. But in West Philly, it's like, you know, this kind of like thug lifestyle that's portrayed in, so like that my own students portray in social media but when they're in school, they're just regular kids. They're just trying to like get by and figure things out like everybody else is when they're that age. And so it's been fun to be able to be a part of that, uh, to literally like be the microphone for my students to speak through, to tell their own story of who they are and what they're about. So creating that content and those two things have been really instrumental, like showing kids what it looks like to work hard and then having them rewrite their own narrative. And then through that, We've just started getting opportunities from everything from going up to speak with Gary Vaynerchuk and like his whole team. Like this, this time when we went up, we were there for hours. We met with everyone that creates content. We met with his own personal branding team for like hours on end. Like nobody had anything else to do but hang with us. And that is a game changer for kids because you're taking kids from the hood that never leave the block, right? They don't even venture out to other places in Philadelphia. And then you take them somewhere like the 25th floor at Hudson Hudson Yards in, in New York City where you can literally see like Madison Square Garden just below us where we're sitting in this office and the World Trade Center and the Statue of Liberty. And it's like it just blows their minds because I really, really think that if kids can see it, they can be it. And I hate taglines, but like it's just so true. Like the first trip literally literally change kids lives and so 
From there, it's been meeting with Emmy award-winning directors like my friend Mac Primo in Brooklyn or these guys that run the Brooklyn Circus in Brooklyn because, you know, otherwise it wouldn't be called the Brooklyn Circus. And then uh, going out and having folks come into class and being able to say, hey, look, I'd love if you come speak to my class. Take a look at me on YouTube to just see what you're getting into. I don't need you to subscribe or anything like that. But you can kind of see how we roll and see if you want to be a part of that. And that just brings people in. And it just it literally just changes kids' lives. And that's why I do it. So can you kind of tell me the Gary Vaynerchuk story? Tell us who is Gary Vaynerchuk for those who don't know. How did you make that connection? Uh, what what did your time visiting him with him look like? Yeah. So Gary Vaynerchuk is, um, he's an entrepreneur, runs $150 million a year uh social media, essentially like a media, it's essentially like Mad Men for the 21st century. And he grew up in New Jersey, came from Russia with nothing. His dad had like a hundred bucks in his pocket. And he took his dad's, I don't know, a couple million dollar a year liquor business to $60 million a year business. And then from there started this thing called VaynerMedia, which is like this juggernaut. They were responsible for the Pepsi ad that everyone liked at the Super Bowl, the Planners Nuts commercial that everyone loved with Charlie Sheen. They create all that content. Uh, he has this thing called the Ask Gary V Show because he makes YouTube content and people can just call up and ask questions about anything that they want in terms of their business. I kept calling relentlessly. Like every time that show was on, I would pull over in my car go on the live feed and just start asking the same question over and over and over again, which was when my students graduate, what advice would you give them going forward? Because I have a lot of guys I'm concerned about, a lot of guys that are caught up in the streets, a lot of guys that think they're going to be in the league, but they don't even go to football practice, you know, everyone that's going to be a rapper, but they can't make a beat and they don't ever write anything, but somehow magically, you know, they're going to, I don't know, they have a (laughs) better likelihood of finding a unicorn somewhere than they do of becoming a rapper. And so I, I posed that question and Gary called me and asked me what I wanted to know. I posed that exact question to him. What advice would you give my students that are not sure about their future, what to do yeah, after Yeah, and I could tell the voice, I was like, Hello? he's young. Yo, it's Gary Vee, you're an Ask Gary Vee show with Adam Braun, what's your name? You gotta be kidding me, man. Not joking. <laughs> Yo, my name is CJ Reynolds, I teach in West Philadelphia. Born and raised? <laughs> I, you know, on playground. So here's my question. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. I have students um, that I teach in West Philadelphia, I teach at all boys school, and we're talking like inner city Philadelphia, and um, you know, I'm going to show them this feed, and what I would love to show them is you giving them some advice as to what to do after high school if they don't want to go to college, um, because. Coming from me, it's like yeah, you're you know, the teacher. You're the teacher. Over and over again. Yeah. Now, like, give me, help me a little bit here, because the truth is, let's start from the top. And I'm talking to the class now, and you can clip this. We'll even send you a clip. Yeah. Got to tell it. We'll send you. you we'll send you this clip. First of all, how many are there? I have uh, this graduating class is about 100 students. Right. So for the hundred of you, you're all different. Like, my, if you don't want to go to college, if if you want to figure out what to do, all of you are different. Some of you can sing. Some of you are 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 math-based and you could be analytical. There's a million things you could do. Obviously, it's crazy that we got you on this show because of Mission U, so you gotta go check that out. There's a million things that I could tell you. Here's the one thing I can promise you. You need to work your face off. And nobody gives a shit about where you grew up. Like, like this, no, like nobody's gonna feel sorry for you circumstantially or feel positive for you. Like, whether you're born in the ghetto or you're born to a trust fund, 
at the end of the day, once you hit the real world, nobody cares because then the clock's on. If you're a trust fund baby, people are judging you like you suck, it's all because you're daddy. If you're from the ghetto, it's like you have no shot, you don't look the part. Either way, nobody cares. The end, the only thing that you should be figuring out is what are you good at and so you should try a lot of shit, Mm -hmm. right? And then you need to work every minute. Like, Like if you're not gonna go to college, you're gonna have to work, right? Like if, if you're not gonna use the brand of the degree and before Mission you means something to the whole world, you're gonna have to work and prove it and nobody's gonna feel bad that you're working two jobs or that you're not, you don't have no time to hang out anymore. See, you know this, look, these kids, they're young. When you're young, I was, we're all, we've all been young. The biggest thing that's going on is it's all the same advice over and over. You have to work your brains out and you have to realize nobody cares about you. And once you go into that place and you're super solo, then you have a prayer. But for any second that you think somebody's gonna save you, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, the government, your sister, the people that feel bad for you, like nobody gives a f- Do they understand yeah. that siege? I'm asking you, I'm asking you. You know, so I, I hear you, and so that, I, Unfortunately, I think that that only comes, that understanding comes with doing, right? With like- It's the Mike Tyson thing, right? And as soon as you get actually punched in the mouth, then you're like, oh. Hey Reynolds, can I ask you a question? If I paid for the bus, can you bring like eight or nine of them up here and hang with me for an hour? I'll go, I will be up there this afternoon if you pay for the bus. That's what I'm I'm gonna do. So cool, send an email to Gary at VaynerMedia. I'm gonna pay for the bus. You're gonna come up here. We're gonna film it. So that happened, so two months later, we get a bus sent to the school and we drive up to New York City. And to give you a a sense of like what this meant, even from the jump, I picked two types of students. I picked students that I knew were already on fire and I knew this was gonna be the gasoline that really excelled them. And then I picked other students that I was not sure if they would hear anything that was being said. And that's always my game plan for any class trip. And so we go up there and I have students that are just like sitting in the cut. And if you watch the video, like nobody smiles because no one ever smiles. They have to, the front is on all the time. And then when we got on the bus on the way home, that's when everyone opens up, talks about what happened. I don't even think I could leave here and like go back outside and do the same dumb stuff. No, seriously, like all jokes are like, like, on a serious note, like I don't think like I could literally go home today and go back outside and like do like dumb types of stuff to like even like, like right now, all I'm thinking about is like, how am I to better myself? Like literally, like I don't think I can even- And I had a student that was like, long story short, was just caught up in the streets and was going nowhere. And to his own admission, said he would not live to be 25 years old. And I know that that's true. I mean, we lost, we had five students get shot last year. We had a student earlier in the year that was literally shot outside of my classroom. Not a student, a gentleman from the neighborhood shot outside of my classroom and we watched him bleed out in the street outside of my classroom. Like that's the world in which I come from. And so this dude's there, we get done and I go, what'd you think of the of this trip? Like, did you take anything away from it? And he just looks around me and he goes, yo. Like, I never seen this before, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you, man. I never got this seeing like what I can accomplish if it's like I just stayed in me and just do what I gotta do and stay in my lane. Like, yeah. Like, I don't need this, but I could definitely better myself, like, be a better Nate. Like, I wasn't trying to be a better Nate before. I was, 
I didn't care. <laughs> now I like I care like I care like what I do. I care like how I come off the people. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. And that was two years ago. He goes to I think it's Bates University in Maine now, where he's been for two years. And now the texts that I get are, Yo Ren, it's it's scary here. And I said, Why? Like, what do you mean it's scary here? And he's like. Yo, it's like real dark. And I'm like, well, what do you, th- like, what's going to happen, bro? Like, is a moose going to jump out of nowhere and, like, kill you? Like, you used to run the streets in West Philly, like, working corners and stuff. And now, like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to see a deer? So that kind of life-changing stuff is what came out of that particular meeting. I mean, it's, it literally changed kids' lives. So what kind of uh, opportunities have come up for you outside of this trip to go see uh, VaynerMedia um, in the realms of just your professional, as a professional educator yeah. uh, through social media, through YouTube and Instagram? The game with YouTube is is having attention, right? That I have people's attention now to, to some small scale. But, you know, like Kevin Kelly says, um, Kevin Kelly started Wired Magazine. He has this article that he wrote called a thousand true followers and so you don't need millions of people right this is what my students get wrong they're like do you think you'll get a million subs Reynolds I don't need a million subs I have like a little over 25k right now but I definitely have that thousand true followers people that buy into what I'm saying that I'm in community with that it's not just me speaking down to them it's like us having this ongoing conversation people that are invested and what that has done is first brands reach out and they offer you money to you know, talk about their product. And I only talk about stuff that I believe in. I've gotten deals from mattress companies and makeup companies. And I'm like, do you watch anything I do? Like, yeah. I'm not doing, like, how is makeup going to, you know, I don't think I'm your salesman for that. So, and that has helped me out, you know, on the money side, which is awesome because I'm a teacher. And then the flip side of that is it's provided value for my students as well in terms of like, people who have seen us that reach out for opportunities that want to come speak to our class or that invite us to go to their business, to their creative space, to talk to the students about what it is that they do. And I just think the more I can kind of like diversify what my kids see in the world to get them out there to see someone that blows glass or creates comic books or has built, I don't know, like a film career, like that stuff really matters because they don't get to hear that very often. And so those those sort of like opportunities have come out and I, and they're just getting more and more and more. And then outside of that, I get to go speak places now. Like folks see me on YouTube. They want me to come talk to their school or whatever. And that's just awesome because it's it's really what that provides me the opportunity to do is like meet other educators that are really going after it, that are really trying to make a difference in the lives of the students that they're teaching and not just mailing it in. They're not sending in the same study guide that they had since 1985. It's people that are like-minded individuals, and I love that. It just reminds me 
of how, you know, in the broken world of education, how many awesome people are out there really doing great stuff. How has the relationship with your students changed since you've started doing the YouTube? Is there like when you look, if it has changed, like in what ways has it changed from the time and the way things were before you were putting YouTube and Instagram content to, to now where they're actually a vital part of a lot of yeah. the content? So I think two things. One, everybody wants to be in a video all the time. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, and so I don't call any of my students by their real names because I can't remember them most of the time. So I just, <laughs> I just make up names. So this kid, Ham, that's on all the time, he loves being on there. So he'll show up after school and he's like, getting his outfit right or he changed or he has like his new hat on or whatever like yo Reynolds people want to see ham today and I'm like no no one wants to see ham today <laughs> or Cephas is always my man uh we call him Seafish sits behind me is always on there all the time or cheesesteak always wants to be on there all the time uh it breaks the tension in the moment wait 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 do you know another Cephas, are you forever on Crowley show Come you on. can do that for Hamilton why do you keep talking about Hamilton because Hamilton's amazing this is the second time you've you've referenced a theatrical production today yeah I you know, God, I love Hamilton it's so good can you what tell them what the other theatrical production was oh Les Mis, Rent is garbage, first and foremost, but Les Mis is a classic. What is the, what was the worst part of your day? Well, Nothing was the worst part of my day. Really? You had a good day? Yeah. I think you were in videos last year. Yeah, I was. When you were helping me with the store. Mm -hmm. You were a lot more miserable last year. You seem happier this he year. He was miserable in elementary school. He's no, miserable. I was, I was chilling in elementary school. Why are you I so really nice this year? I not want to be here. And helpful. Because like, now like, I see BL differently. Does it bother you that I'd say that you're helpful and nice? Uh, no, I see you're trying to look like. Not at all. No, don't smile, because then, then everyone's <laughs> gonna know you're nice. I am nice. Got to put on your dad face. Good. That's the thumbnail right there. And so Wait, let me tell you that's fun because it really just brings more. students to my room, and I like being that space. I mean, the reason my room looks the way that it does is because I want to create this space that kids feel safe in and they want to be in. So YouTube just exacerbates that. The flip side of that is, I think students have really been able to see what hard work does. Like you work hard on something and it matters. Like I don't have the biggest channel out there, but to my students, they've literally watched me grow over time. And it makes me think that more teachers, even if you don't have, even if it's not social media, what are you doing? And then letting your students be a part of that, whether it's you're trying to lose weight or you're going to run a marathon or you're having a baby or you know, or you're going through something difficult, you have cancer, like let your kids see that because man, on the upside of that, to have kids see someone really in the world that is their teacher doing something awesome, working hard towards something, too often we ask our kids to do, to put in the work, to work hard, but we're not working hard or we're not letting them know that you start taking violin lessons or you're practicing MMA or you start crocheting a blanket. And now they can watch that progression. And I just think that they get to win off of seeing you win. They get to see someone putting in work. And so that's been really, really fun where kids freak out about, it's always about subs and views. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, Rose, how'd you get a thousand views in one night? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't watch it. Like, you know, it just sometimes stuff hits. And so that's been really fun to watch. Has it impacted any of your relationships with the parents of the students, particularly the ones that show up in the videos a lot? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Look, my my kid's 11, and when he comes home from school, I go, Brody, how was your day today? Good. What'd you do today? Nothing. And then you find out, like, a bomb-sniffing dog was at school, or, like, the fire department came and did a demonstration or something. Like, something really awesome happened. Kids, 
think, yeah, I probably did the same thing when I was 15. You don't go home and tell your mom everything that happened. And so the two things I've seen happen is one, parents watching the content because it gives them a glimpse into their kid's day. And two, I had a mom come up to me. I had this dude, uh, Danzler, who was a student of mine a couple years ago. His mom caught me. I was out one night and she stopped me on the street and she said, can I tell you something real quick? I said, sure. She goes, your Instagram is my favorite Instagram feed to follow on social media. And I was like, why? And she goes, because our boys are forced to grow up so fast. And I think kids in general, not just West Philly dudes. I think kids that grew up in affluent neighborhoods and like kids are just called to grow up faster now in a lot of ways than, than we were. But in that, she's like, I get to see boys just being boys, like having cereal day, goofing around in class, having fun with their friends, like smiling. She's like, I never see my boy smile. And that has that really makes you want to do that more because it's like, yeah, here's your kid and he's all right. You're worried about him. You're concerned about who he is, but like you did good. And he, uh, here's proof of it. He's about to put it on social media and like talk about why he loves his mom. Talk about how his day went. And then the moms get to see that and they get a little glimpse into their kids yeah, sort of like inner workings a little bit to be able to do that. Today's question, what do you love about your mom? Well, that they care about me and support me. What's something specific that your mom does that you're just like, you love when she does? She's cool when me staying out late, so I like that. All right. I love the, that, the fact that my mom makes sure I'm fed. You're fed? Yes. All right. <laughs> she cook. Is there anything in particular that she cooks that you love? Well, some fried chicken. Right. She loves me. It's a tall order. The food she cooks. What what does she make that's specifically good? Salmon. Seriously? <laughs> Salmon. Seriously? What's Salmon. this kid doing? She can make everything but uh, spaghetti. And that's it for today, everyone. Think. And so how does your your content on the different platforms, how are they different? Like how's your Instagram stuff different from your YouTube stuff versus what you do on Twitter? Yeah. So Twitter is probably my most underdeveloped platform, which is real funny because when I go to conferences, everyone's like, oh, what's your Twitter handle? Not your website, not your YouTube name, not your email address. What's your Twitter handle? So that's just how teachers are communicating is through Twitter. So that is primarily what I use Twitter for is like putting out a quote or something to kind of like chew on because Twitter's so loud that your stuff gets kind of lost in the sauce immediately. But there are folks that are on there that have like true followers that, that fo I know I do. I know there's certain people on Twitter that when I'm on there, I check their stuff out. So that's primarily what I use that for. So just that connection piece with, with teachers. Instagram is more about telling what I'm doing in class, showing snapshots of it. So whether I'm using like Instagram stories is great because like the other day I taught a lesson through the lens of John Wick. Another day last week, I taught a lesson through the lens of a uh, scene from Fight Club. And that just gets that information out there. And then folks can DM me and I'll share my lesson plan with them or tell them what I'm doing. Um, it also allows me to do stuff like uh, big guy, little car, which is essentially me and three big dudes. I drive home every day and we just talk about dumb stuff in the back uh, you know, while I'm driving them home. Today on Big Guy Little Car, <laughs> Stevens is so mad because Cheesesteak can't even move his legs up any further. He, should get, he got in the front. Why are you doing the front? I'm six two and a half. You're like five eleven. You can't get in the front. Get it. So apparently, Cephas has 
snacks and you won't give any of the cheesesteaks or cheesesteak who looks like Santa Claus today. This is mint, B. Got- <laughs> Did you just throw mint? I can't eat mints. You Stop throwing again. refreshing treats around. Just refresh Cephas. Try it again out. in the car. Come on, you can do it. Come on. I'll do I can't- There we go. Is that better? <laughs> It's such yeah, fun, man. We need the we need the content. We don't need you to be sitting here laughing. It's taking six hours. It's fun. To get out of here. It's silly, but again, it's changing the narrative of what people think of when they think of like young black men from Philadelphia. So that is kind of what that looks like. And then YouTube is is a mix. It's vlogging. It talking about what my day looks like. What it's like to actually be a teacher in for real. I never try and pose like. Like, look, my classroom is great looking. Like, I love my classroom and I, and I know it, but I'm not trying to make that the character. It's not like, look how cute my classroom is or look how cute this worksheet is. That stuff's great. And I love people that do that. My friend Michelle from Pocketful Primary is like, does a really good job of that. But I, I am interested in telling the story of what it actually looks like to be a teacher. Like the good stuff, the bad stuff, the horrible days when you don't even know what to do next and you wonder why you got into this job. And then that gets mixed on YouTube with my students telling their stories. Like, what do you love about your mom? What's a weird smell that you like the smell of, you know? What are you listening to right now in, in the world of music? Uh, what's the weirdest song that anyone would be surprised that you know? Like, just talking about regular goofy stuff like that. And so that's, you know, that's what YouTube is at the moment. And so what would you say to a teacher that's wanting to get started? What's what's the point of least uh, the easiest point of entry? Um, and it may be different for different teachers depending on what they're doing. Um, yeah. Look, it's the same advice that I give new teachers. Never wait to be a great teacher. Don't wait for tenure to kick in. Don't wait. Don't get your feet wet and like just jump in the pool, bro, and start swimming. Like don't test the water out first. And so I think if teachers, I, I think, I've seen too many teachers that wait for that three years in a day for their tenure to kick in. And then they're like, all right, now I'm going to start being a good teacher, but it's too late, bro. Like you're already in that relationship. That's like dating someone and not really going for it and like really loving them and being like, well, let's just see how this works out. Then I'll show who I really am. No, that's a trap. Like get after it now. And on social media, the same thing. If you really believe that your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary, start making content. Don't wait to get the right camera. Don't wait to get an upgrade on your phone. Don't wait till the lighting's right. Don't wait till you know you have the right backdrop. Just start making stuff because that builds momentum and momentum is the game all the time. It's like when you want to start doing push-ups, do a push-up a day and then that's it. Like then you won. You know, put a little check mark on your on your calendar. You did a push-up a day. And then maybe tomorrow you do two and then you do three, but you're rigging the game to win. So you only have to do a little bit. So make an Instagram story every day, something that you did in class that was totally normal, but you just have no idea the impact that that's going to have on other people. So not overthinking it, making it precious, but just create content and keep pushing it out. And because you don't know what's going to win. I've had videos I thought were going to crush and then they didn't. And I'm like, no, 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 guys, you don't understand. This This is awesome. And then... Other videos I've put out are Instagram stories. Like, I didn't think Big Guy Little Car was going to be like, like, you know, and numbers are numbers. But for my guy, for my students that put out a story, maybe four or five people watch that a day. We have 2,000 people a day that watch that and they love it. And like when my man Cephas got into college, people went nuts. I got 30 to 50 DMs from that from people that were like, this is so awesome. God bless him. Like, we really hope everything works out. We're so proud of him. And that has an effect on him. So you just don't know what you're going to put out there that's going to hit. You just put it out there. 
how do you build that community of people? Those true fans. Yeah, I think, you know, just knowing, you can't look at social media and see other people and think that's the kind of person that needs to be on there. I'm the only 42-year-old dude that's on social media. Like, I don't know any other teachers that look like me or teach the same place or act like me that are on social media. So to me, that's not like, oh, I don't fit into this puzzle. To me, that's white space. There's a lot of 42-year-old teachers that didn't that started a little bit later than everyone else that teach in a school that's like mine that are trying to do things like I'm doing. They what happens is they see you and they realize I could do that also. I could be that guy as well. I could use that idea in my class too. It's not just for folks that look like a certain demographic. And I, the thing that I love about that is it really reinforces my idea that your ordinary is somebody else's extraordinary. And that whatever you're doing in your class, if you've been teaching for five years or 25 years, there's something you do that's awesome. Everybody has at least a handful of things. Maybe it's the way you start your class, the way you get kids engaged, the way you keep them engaged, the way you have fun at work, the way you prevent teacher burnout. And then, you know, there's folks out there that could use that, that are literally Googling, what do I do? when I'm burning out as a teacher? What do I do when I wanna quit? What do I do when no one listens to me? When my kids don't read? When I can't you know, create engagement in the classroom? When my coworkers hate me? They Google that stuff and then guess what? You are gonna show up on social media and you're gonna be able to help somebody out that's doing that. So I think one, remember that your ordinary is somebody else's extraordinary. What cool stuff are you doing in your classroom? Post it on social media, put it on Instagram, put it on Twitter, put it on YouTube and then I think trying to be an active participant in the community, you cannot just put content out and then not answer your comments, not answer back to people, not email people back that email you. And look, I mean, I get a lot of emails at this point. There are days when I'll sit there and I send videos back to everyone that emails me and I'll send back 35 videos in a day. That's a lot of work. But the reason I do the work is because these folks have taken the time to write me an email, to leave me a comment. How can I not answer them? And so I think it's about being an active participant in that community instead of just trying to mail it in because you're a big shot or something like that. So I think that those are the two things I think of. How do you balance having a family and like, cause this takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time, especially trying to be, you know, present on Instagram every day, present on YouTube at least every week and yeah. present in some conversations on Twitter. How do you, how do you decide to balance all that? So first of all, I have to know what my why is, right? So Simon Sinek talks about this idea of like knowing what your why is. And for me, I know what my why is. I know that my kids, my own kids, the ones I made, uh, were, are like the reason I do everything. And then I just, you know, I went through this long process in the last year of like literally reverse engineering my whole life. What do I want my entire life to look like? Just like a curriculum map, right? You do in school, reverse engineering my whole life and then working backwards to see how I'm gonna get there. And when I do that, that gives me the drive to really go after what I wanna go after because I can, I have the map, like I've created the map on how I'm gonna get there. Teachers forget that all the time. They forget why it is that they're doing what they're doing. And then with all the other stuff, like it's just trying to balance it. There's, there is no such thing as work-life balance as a whole. You will never get it right and it just stays and you're like, Oh, all right. Now, if I just don't move, everything stays balanced. The game plan is to pivot. It's some weeks I got to put in long hours on YouTube because something awesome. Like, so I'm way for four days. I'm in Austin. The, uh, 
This morning, I had to go to the conference. Then I came here to meet with you. After this, I have to drive two hours to Waco, and then I'm doing a talk there. Then I'm coming back to do a happy hour with a company called Genius Plaza, and then I'm going out with people after that again, right? I won't see my kids for the next four days. But when I get home, it's 100% my kids. Like, you know, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that all the time too. Like, you can be home, but you're not really home with your kids all the time. So it's about being 100% present where I am. I'm not, I try not to think about my children during the week because it just is also, it's hard to deal with. Um, but tonight I'll FaceTime them and then I just, it's work the whole time I'm here. When I get home, it'll strictly be family for the whole weekend and that's all I'll do. I won't do anything on YouTube, anything on social media pretty much. And it's just pivoting all the time. So that, I think that's how you fit it all. Well, is there anything else you would like to share about being an educator and leveraging social media as an educator to the listeners of this podcast? So look, I, I don't think everybody needs to go on social media and do kind of like what you and I are doing. But if you feel compelled to do it, I think just do it, like take the jump and try it. And then if not, you know, it's a really great space for people to learn from other folks, right? It doesn't have to be me. I don't need everyone to come and subscribe to my channel or follow me on Instagram, but there's someone out there going through whatever you're going through and they're posting about it. And so you can really take inspiration from that. I think it's a really great space for people to feel like they're not alone, feel like they're not the only one that's feeling that way. Um, I posted a video about losing my grandmother and about my wife having a miscarriage recently. And I was hesitant to post that Dude, I've gotten so, the, the biggest response from that, from everyone from my dog died and I didn't know how to deal with it at school to I broke up with my longtime crush to my marriage is in shambles and I had to move back in with my mom. Like you put that stuff out there, you don't know who's listening, but even if you don't want to put your story out there, it's a great place to connect with people. So, I mean, I appreciate like even the stuff you're doing, like having a podcast, talking about what you're doing in your classroom. Like it really goes so much further and forever, right? Like you teach a kid a lesson, you're not really sure where that stops, but you put something out on social media or on the internet, that stuff's living there forever. And so you just don't know down the road who you could impact also. And I think that's super powerful. CJ Reynolds for making the time when he was here in Austin to be on the podcast. If you'd like to connect with him and see his links to his YouTube and his Instagram and all his other social media, you can find him at realrapwithreynolds.com. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this part one episode of Stories from the Classroom. Part two will be on how other educators are having their students create their own social media content as part of the classroom curriculum. And that episode will be coming soon. If you'd like to support what I'm doing here at the Stories from the Classroom podcast, there's a few things you can do. The first is you can subscribe to the podcast. I put out a new episode at the end of every month and leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast is super helpful as well. Additionally, I have an instructional video series course on how to create and manage a classroom economy that's for sale on my website, tomgibson.com. T-H-O-M-G-I-B-S-O-N.com slash classroom economy. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And something that I'm trying to do on my YouTube channel, in addition to having teaching tips and classroom vlogs, I've been trying to make a video that corresponds to each episode of the podcast. And so I made a video recently on how and why I use social media in my classroom. 
And I'll link to that in the show notes. And you can also find it at youtube.com slash Gibson EDU. I'm Tom Gibson. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Stories from the Classroom. I hope you learned something today and hopefully I'll see you in the next episode.